All right, everybody, welcome back to another edition of Fat Boys Fantasy Podcast. Here's always Bo Finley with my co-host Brant Walker. And this week is a Fat Boys Fantasy Football Dream Week. It's Turkey Week. It's Thanksgiving. What more could you ask for as a fat boy than a week of football and food? It's going to be an exciting week. A lot to look forward to. A lot of good matchups this week. But before we dive into this week, we got to cover some some review of the last week here before we get into the uh, juicy turkey meat that is this week. Um, I'm going to go ahead and kick us off with some big performers. Uh, Just going to breeze through these pretty quickly. Uh, At the quarterback position this week, uh, Deshaun Watson was your number one scoring quarterback in fantasy. He had 344 yards through the air, two touchdowns, 36 yards on the ground with one rushing touchdown. Justin Herbert had a productive week, 366 yards, three touchdowns. Jared Goff on Monday night, 376 yards, three touchdowns. And last but not least, a name that many haven't heard this year probably at all is Kirk Cousins, 314 yards passing, three touchdowns. Running backs for the week. Number one, Dalvin Cook, 115 yards on the ground, one touchdown, five receptions, and 45 yards through the air. Derrick Henry, 133 yards rushing, one touchdown. Ezekiel Elliott, 103 yards on the ground, two receptions, 11 yards, one touchdown. Good to see him get back absolutely, into it. Absolutely. We, I think we've been calling for that for a few weeks here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then last but not least in the running back world was Clyde Edwards-Elaire, 69 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Um, tight ends this week. I'm going to skip receivers for just a second. Tight ends this week. Probably, with the exception of George Kittle, the top three tight ends off the board finished 1-2-3 this week. Number one, Travis Kelsey, eight receptions, 127 yards, game-winning touchdown. Also completed a four-yard pass. Left him wide open for that touchdown to give up the game. Another uh, tight end who was left wide open for a touchdown in that same game, Darren Waller, seven receptions, 88 yards, one touchdown. And last but not least, a man we've definitely not gotten to talk about much in positive light this year is Mark Andrews. Five receptions, 96 yards, one touchdown. I think I think Baltimore might be trying to figure out that, hey, we got to use this guy to win. There's, there's a good chance. Yeah, good <laughs> and chance. And they still didn't pull it out, though. Good chance. Yeah, so uh, back to our receivers. Monster game out of Keenan Allen. Uh, really making me kick myself for trading him. 16 receptions, 145 yards, one touchdown. Uh, Adam Thielen, eight receptions, 123 yards, two touchdowns. That will not happen this week or next as he's on the COVID-positive list. Um, but correct me if I'm wrong, with it, it, with five negative tests, he's eligible to play this week because they play on Sunday. So he still has a shot, it's but it's an outside a chance, one. yes, outside chance. Uh, and then uh, another great game from last night, uh, 12 receptions, 130 yards, one touchdown for Robert Woods. And then last but not least – I'm going to say this guy's name, but before I do, I'm going to wrap up the, the bottom, the last ranking on the big performers of the wide receiver. And this name is also going to be at the top of the list uh, for uh, the value menu. So we're going to cover that in just a split second. So we're going to go ahead and get into the value menu, and I will bring up the number four overall receiver in the process. So your value menu, your waiver pickup of the week, I think um, Michael Perrine is out this week uh, for the Jets. Um, so it looks like it's going to be Frank Gore, old Frank Gore coming coming back to take the lead back over. He uh, he did come out and say, I'm not going 0-16. I ain't going out like that. So I think Frank Gore should be at the top of your uh, waiver pickups this week. 
Yeah, uh, 37 years old and still looks like he's got some life left in his legs. Uh, most leagues, the trade deadline's probably come and went, so uh, your only chance to add uh, anything of, of substantial value to you would be getting a number one running back or wide receiver for that team due to injuries. Michael Perrine went down. Him and Frank Gore had been splitting the load pretty evenly. Um, but now that he's out, Frank Gore should get a bump in carries. Uh, he also had a couple catches this week, which was which was pretty interesting to see. Um, so yeah, I agree. I would I would probably put Frank Gore as my number one for this week, followed closely by another running back, um, Gus Edwards, who is owned in eighty five percent of leagues. Uh, he's averaged around thirty five percent of snaps all year, so he's been getting some work. A lot of it has been in the goal line. Um, especially in Mark Ingram's absence. Um, but Mark Ingram and J.K. Dobbins are both on the COVID list as well. So uh, Gus Edwards is a, is a guy that you could look to, uh, again, the same similar way that you would look at Frank Gore, um, a number one running back for that team, uh, quite possibly. Uh, again, does get some goal line work, is, is familiar with that the goal line package. He's got three touchdowns near the goal line this year. Uh, so that's another guy that there's 15% of leagues he's not rostered in. Um, you may be able to go pick him up pretty easily. If you're and if you're real desperate out there at running back with both Ingram and and J.K. being out, you got um, Justice Hill just came back. Uh, just came back. Uh, he had he played in 12% of the snaps this week, so I mean, he didn't get a whole lot of work. But if you're desperate, he's going to be out there. Obviously, he's going to have to step into a role. He was a guy that drafted last year. Um, so it, it, would, would it be fair to say he'd probably assume the pass catching back? Yes, downs, definitely. Whereas definitely. Gus Edwards will probably get the bulk of the carries. Justice Hill may come in and see some receptions. Absolutely, absolutely. And if you need him as a flex play, something else, that you're, or you're riddled with injuries or anything else, Justin Hill could be, could be a sneaky little start, especially against Pittsburgh, who – if you remember correctly, J.K. Dobbins had a very good game against the first time around, and unfortunately he doesn't get a show at the second time. Um, another guy on my value menu is Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones has been getting out there and doing some running uh, for New York. He's um, getting it done on the ground. He had 26, point, 26 points in the uh, game before their bye. Then they went on bye, and this is, this is Daniel Jones' remaining schedule. Uh, he's got Cincinnati this week. Uh, he's got Seattle the week following. He's got Arizona, then Cleveland. And then, yes, in the championship week, he does play Baltimore. But once again, you're going to get a four-game stretch of probably 20-plus points. So if you're scrounging for some QB QB help, I know I am. I just lost mine for the year. Uh, Daniel Jones could be a sneaky little pickup and start. Yeah, absolutely. And speaking of you losing yours for the year, uh, again, if you're in a league where it's you're picking it at scraps on the quarterback uh, – order on the waivers if there's not starters there with a lot of potential ryan finley is going to step in and be the number one quarterback in cincinnati uh after joe burrow uh got hurt uh which by the way we all hope joe burrow uh gets better and is able to come back next year and not miss a whole lot of time pretty gruesome injury there uh pretty much tore out his entire knee i'm not sure there's any ligaments left standing in it um, but if anything we've learned from this year, it's that quarterbacks can bounce back. Look at Alex Smith. So uh, we'll, we'll hold out hope for Joe Burrow. But Ryan Finley's going to come in. He's going to be the quarterback. Um, he's got T. Higgins. He's got Giovanni Bernard until Mixon comes back. He's got Drew Sample. He's got A.J. Green. Uh, there's some weapons there in Cincinnati. Um, 
Granted, Ryan Finley's not going to be a guy who probably comes out and gets you more than 20 points a week if he gets you 20. Um, but he's owned in 6% of leagues, so he's a guy you can go out and pick up. Uh, probably relatively easy, I would imagine. Most people aren't grabbing him off the waivers. Absolutely uh, not. Absolutely so not. definitely a, a name to keep your eye on, especially if you had Joe Burrow and you're now quarterbackless. All right. So this is going to be something that I'm going to throw in. I'm going to try to throw in every week. We're talking about uh, defensive streamers in their value menu now. Um, the New York Giants, once again, is another defensive streamers. We just went over their schedule. Cincinnati, Seattle, Arizona, Cleveland, Baltimore. Great schedule coming up for them. Definitely could be a QB streamer for weeks to come. You could get them all the way into your championship week. Um, and, and it does sound intimidating when you say some of those names. You did say uh, Seattle, Russell Wilson. You did say Arizona, Kyler Murray. You did say Baltimore, Lamar Jackson. The one thing that I will say – to add to the reasons to pick up the Giants is all three of those quarterbacks have committed several turnovers this year. That's right. And leading up to their bye week, they were the number 13 overall defense to begin with in, in fantasy format. So, I mean, it's not like they're a slouch defense. They've just been low-key. They do put up points. They do commit turnovers. And and they're, they're a good team, uh, good defense. Um, another team that is sneaky, they came out this week and uh, showed out a little bit. They're getting healthier as my Seattle Seahawks. They uh, – they came out, and with the, with the rest of the season, they have Philly, New York Giants, New York Jets, Washington, the Rams, which is a very hard one, and San Francisco. That's their remaining schedule. There's not a whole lot of offense in those teams that they got to play, minus outside of the Rams. So, I mean, those two defense you go out and pick up. Uh, Seattle's going to – should be getting their cornerbacks back here shortly. They've gone the last three weeks without Griffin. They've gone the last two weeks without Griffin and Dunbar, are one and two. Uh, we got snacks back. We got Dunlap's looking good. Seattle could be a sneaky defense. If that defense starts to get pressure on the quarterback, you're going to see a lot of turnovers come away from that defense. Absolutely, yeah, another good streaming option. Now, I, I alluded to this earlier. Uh, the last player for the value menu this week uh, was the number four receiver in fantasy. He's owned in 52% of leagues, so there's still a wide cushion for him to be out there. Uh, Demir Bird. Demir Bird is uh, is appearing to be uh, a, a target that Cam Newton's seeming to like quite a bit. He's he's played 85% of the snaps in all but one game this year, so it's not like he's just now bursting onto the scene uh, or onto the scene rather. He's 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 had a quiet campaign this year. Um, he's had seven or more targets in in four different games. So this is a kid that again, if there's a, a, an empty spot on your bench. Say you've had three or four quarterbacks and um, you're holding them for bye week plays or or whatever the case may be, and you got an empty roster spot. Demir Bird may be a guy that you could pick up and you could flex at times based on matchup, and he could get you 15 points or more. Absolutely, absolutely could. Uh, and and um, another name is Jacoby Myers. I mean. Jacoby Myers had a great had a great two weeks. He was shut down pretty much this week at Houston. Um, but yeah, Bird, one of those receivers is going to have to pop off. They both have been out there. They both played ninety nine to one hundred percent of snaps almost or ninety to one hundred percent of snaps almost every week. Um, but yeah, I think Bird is the guy that's going to come out. He's going to play the number two spots. So he's going to draw the number two corner. Uh, they have Arizona this week coming up, which isn't it isn't a tough matchup at all there's really no corners there in arizona uh they got the chargers whose defense is trending downwards uh they got the rams that's going to obviously be a tough one and miami but uh buffalo if he's the number two there in buffalo you got i mean uh 
he's obviously going to draw the number two corner. So he could he could possibly win you a championship in week 16 if you're in that title game and you don't like your matchups. This kid right here could pop out for it's, you. It's interesting to me as well uh, that Demir Bird is owned significantly less than Jacoby Meyer is. And Demir Bird is ranked uh, seven spots higher in PPR format. So he's been consistently Better, not much better, but better than Jacoby Myers this year. Jameer Bird also has the, the breakaway speed of one play to win a one play 20 point, 20 point play for your 15 20 point play. Bird has that explosive speed, and we know Cam Newton can push the ball, it's just does he want to? It's also worth noting that the, the New England uh, team is putting out that they believe they're going to get Julian Edelman back at some point still this season. So if Edelman comes back, that should free up even more coverage. For both Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird. So definitely uh, another duo, if you will, to keep an eye on and uh, possibly look at there. Now, it is Thanksgiving week. It's turkey week. Uh, It's it's, in a lot of leagues. This is the playoff push. You're in the middle of it right now. So the, the, the turkey, if you will, of our podcast this week, we're going to talk about and dissect a little bit players that will be on championship rosters in fantasy this year. Absolutely, absolutely. So what what this is is whether it's players who you drafted high that are doing what they're supposed to be, guys that went undrafted who have come out of nowhere and exploded on the scene, whatever the case may be, these are guys that in 90% of leagues are going to be on the championship roster. And what we're going to do is we're going to throw a name out there. We're going to say why they should be on championship roster or why they will be on championship rosters. And then we will also discuss why they won't be on championship rosters. So I'm going to throw a name out there and uh, we'll discuss it a little bit. And then we'll move into the next one. We'll just flow the way through it. First name, championship roster quarterback, Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has 2,644 yards passing. 19 touchdowns, 619 yards rushing for 10 touchdowns. So 29 total touchdowns. That right there in itself is enough of a reason for him to be on a championship team. Absolutely. He's the number one quarterback. He's going to be He's going to be on most championship rosters because most people that got to draft Kyler Murray, I'm not saying you waited forever for your QB. You probably got him in the fifth or sixth round, so you didn't jump into the first or second round to pull a quarterback. You probably sat there and waited, built your running backs up, Got Kyler Murray. Yeah, absolutely. I think he'll be he'll definitely be on the top nine or uh, in the ninety percentile of championship rosters. He's the number one QB. Hell, he's probably a top five running back without his passing offense. Yes. I okay. So there's your reasons why. I'm going to go into why not. Why not is eight interceptions. Eight interceptions is is a big deal. The other part of my why not is yes, he is rushing. He looks great running the ball. He's also got. A great wide receiver for the first time this year. He's got DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins goes down and misses some time, or uh, you know any of his other key receivers or anything like that go down, or an offensive lineman injury that makes it harder for him to get out of the pocket. There's a definite possibility you're going to see a huge drop off. It's also also worth noting he plays a host of good defenses going through the playoffs and into championship week. Walker, you want to take us through his defenses? Oh, he's got New England this week. This is leading up. He's got New England and the Rams leading up to 
the the playoffs. Then in the playoffs, has got the New York Giants. Like I said, they're not a slouch on defense. They're good. They got a good secondary there. Uh, then you got Philly, who's got a decent secondary. And in championship week, he's got San Francisco, which some weeks San Francisco looks real good. They're getting Richard Sherman back by week 16. If San Francisco's still in the playoff hunt, that's going to be a real tough defense to get around, and they're not going to let him just rush around on them like that if they're still in the playoff contention. Absolutely. So staying in that division, we're going to stay at the quarterback position. Russell Wilson. The whys, the why he should be on championship rosters. 2,966 yards passing, 30 touchdowns, 367 yards on the ground, one touchdown. Walker, why do you think Russell Wilson will be on championship rosters? Well, I feel like he'll be on championship rosters. He's another name that you probably sat there and you waited for. You probably got him in the sixth, seventh round, just like Kyler Murray. Um, he's number two overall quarterback. He's doing some rushing, just not running into the end zone. His receiving core is... Is phenomenal. Um, Russell Wilson, I mean, he, he, really, he's had what two games? Two games? Oh, one game under twenty. One game under twenty points this year. Um, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot to say that that hasn't already been said. He's he's throwing the ball an average of thirty five times a game. So if he continues to go out, he's going to have plenty of opportunities to score. He's got the Philly defense. He's got the Giants. Uh, those are decent secondaries. But then he gets the Jets in your first week of the playoffs. And then he gets Washington, a young defense that a veteran quarterback like him should be able to pick apart. And then he's got the Rams. Now, yes, the Rams defense are the team that held him to the lowest scoring of the year. But they come to Seattle, and I don't see Russell Wilson allowing the uh, Rams to do that and shut him down again. Um, Russell Wilson is definitely a quarterback that I'm going to see on a lot of rosters. Yeah, okay, so that's that's those are some definite whys. Again, the why nots, though, are very similar to what they were for Kyler Murray. Ten interceptions. Another thing that hurts, again, a lot of Russell Wilson's interceptions have been coming as of late. Um, so definitely the turnovers will hurt. Uh, Russell Wilson, in my mind, is a little bit more injury-proof, if you will, as far as injuries around him because he's had a depleted offensive line. That, that if they get if he gets his lineman back, that will immensely help him. And that was one of the reasons the Rams were so easily to get to him. We lost three linemen total in that game, had a backup center in that game also. Right, and there's been some bad snaps from the center that were charged to fumbles for what Russell Wilson, which probably shouldn't have happened, but they, they are what they are. Uh, again, the, the 10 interceptions, uh, if, if he can cap, cap that, it'd be, it'd be great to see because he's one interception away from tying his career worst. Uh, but again, he's he's more he's more uh, injury proof around him than I would say Kyler Murray is because he does have David Moore, he's got Tyler Lockett, he's got Freddie Swain, he's got DK Metcalf, he's got uh, Chris Carson coming back, Chris Carson coming back, Jacob Hollister, Will Disley. He's got plenty of weapons around him. It's it's kind of that next man up mindset there in Seattle always has been. Um, so Russell Wilson's probably a little safer than Kyler, uh, but not lots. The one thing that would scare me with Wilson is if you watched against the, if you watched Seattle at all this week, they wanted to pound the ball. They gave Carlos Hyde ample opportunities to run this week. And if that defense starts to step up and stop some drives, which they are getting healthy and they looked good, if they step up and start stopping some drives, you're going to see more running out of there. So yes, Wilson, Wilson could you know possibly take a step back but i still think that he's guaranteed to get you 25 plus points a week all right perfect all right the last quarterback i have on my list i know walker you have one as well uh patrick mahomes 
the whys. 3,035 yards passing, 27 touchdowns, 187 yards on the ground with another two rushing touchdowns. Walker, why should Patrick Mahomes be on championship rosters? Because he's Patrick Mahomes. That's really all there <laughs> needs to be said. He's, he's doing everything he did last year to win the MVP. I mean, let's we'll just take the last drive of this this uh, Sunday night game. Uh, Sunday night, yeah, Sunday night game. He had what a minute sixteen, minute seventeen. One timeout. One timeout, and he drove them down the field. Not to not to kick a field goal to tie. He drove them down the field to win. It's Patrick Mahomes. The man doesn't know how to lose. And when he does, he comes back and says, well, you're not going to beat me again. So Patrick Mahomes is – is you probably spent a high draft capital on him, but he is paying off there. He's, he's the number three overall QB. All right, so I'm going to go into the why nots again. Uh, the why nots, Patrick Mahomes, most times in fantasy drafts this year, taken in the first, second round. So you are giving up and passing on workhorse running backs, workhorse receivers to take a quarterback. Again, he's been the definition of consistency. He's been exactly what you wanted out of a top 20 draft pick. A top 20 draft pick is somebody you want to average you over 25 points a game. He's done that. He's not thrown or not committed many turnovers. He's got two interceptions this year. Has the team around him, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, CEH. It's really, really hard to find a reason why Patrick Mahomes won't be on championship rosters, with the exception of the draft capital. He uh, he's been under twenty three points once this year. He had fifteen points there in Denver, which he does have to play at Denver again. Now, if you are lucky to have Patrick Mahomes in your lineup championship week, he gets Atlanta. So you have probably a thirty five to forty point outing from. Patrick Mahomes that week against that defense. If they have anything to play for, which right now they do because one team gets the bye mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh has, has not lost a game yet. There's other several other good teams in the AFC, so I would imagine you won't see a Patrick Mahomes sitting on the bench. Uh, it's, it's, it's unlikely, but it's something definitely to keep an eye on with everybody on your roster um, going through. All right, so Walker, you've got one last name that you want to talk about with the quarterbacks. I've got one last quarterback, and I'm going to stick with saying why I think they'll be on a championship roster. Justin Herbert. I think Justin Herbert, he's the number eight quarterback um, on the year. He's he's done phenomenal things since he had a chance to step in. Uh, I mean, un, un, unseen circumstances for him to come in. He's got 2,699 yards, 22 touchdowns, six interceptions on the year. He's rushed for 187 yards and three touchdowns. I think Justin Herbert's going to be on some championship rosters for the fact that if you have Justin Herbert, you may have you probably spent your your top top tier picks on some top tier running backs that may have gotten hurt. So you may have started off low key, not doing good. So you had the number one waiver claim. So you went out. You're like, well, my quarterback is Daniel Jones or Sam Darnold or something like that. So you're like, well, I got to get a quarterback. The quarterback's what's keeping me down. So you went out. And you got Justin Herbert. And he's been killing it ever since. He hasn't really. I don't. I haven't seen really a bad game out of him. Um, so I mean, I think that Justin Justin Herbert's been under 23 points once, once this entire year since he started. Out well twice. Sorry. So I just just to, just that in general right there, he missed the very first game and he's still the number eight quarterback. I think Justin Herbert's going to be on a lot of rosters. Yeah, it's also worth noting he's going to get one of his best weapons back uh, in the next couple of weeks in Austin Eckler, uh, who is being designated to return from injury this week. 
So uh, Justin Herbert, definitely a possibility. So the why nots? The why nots? He's young. He's inexperienced. Uh, he's on a team that has a terrible record. Uh, if he gets slightly banged up, is there a chance that they set him down and don't play him again this year and let Tyrod Taylor finish it out so their franchise quarterback doesn't have a devastating injury, what we saw with Joe Burrow possibly? Um, again, he he seems to be uh, injury-proof around him as well uh, because he's lost Eckler, who ha- has gotten several receptions out of the backfield, several receiving yards. Um He's got Keenan Allen. He's got Mike Williams. He's got Justin Guyton. Uh, he's got Hunter Henry. He's got uh, the, the other tight end. I can't even think of his name. But he, he's he's made everybody around him look fantastic. Um, I, I do think that the four quarterbacks we've named here today will be the four most found on championship rosters for sure. Absolutely. And one, one of the other things to, con- uh, to consider is Justin Herbert had a, had a past of inconsistency. He's been very consistent so far. I don't see that coming to bite him back. He looks very good this year. His playoff schedule is Atlanta, the Raiders, and Denver Championship Week. Now he let the Raiders, or he let the hardest one he's got left is Denver in the playoffs, and he let them up for twenty-seven points last time they played. So he's really been matchup proof almost. He went for twenty-nine plus points against Tampa Bay, who was the toughest defense he has to face all year. So I don't, I. He's matchup proof. You start him, and, and I think that, that he'll get you into that title game that you're looking for. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. So now what we're going to do, Walker, is we're going to switch it up. We're going to name some running backs here, and you're going to give. I'm going to give the why they will be uh, uh, championship team rosters. You're going to tell me the why nots. All right, number one is Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook has 1,069 yards rushing, 13 touchdowns, 234 yards receiving, one touchdown. Dalvin Cook will be on championship rosters because of the vast majority of running backs this year. Dalvin Cook has had one of the highest snap counts of any running back. He's going to get the work every single week. Minnesota is making a playoff push. Uh, They're going to feed their best weapon, their best asset, which is Dalvin Cook. Again, the, the the 14 total touchdowns. My guess would be he's probably the touchdown leader outside of the quarterback position. Um, he, he's getting he's getting the work, he's getting the end zone, and he's keeping himself healthy. And those reasons right there to me are why I believe he will be on championship rosters. Why will he not be? I, injuries. He's had that history of injuries. He's. I mean, he got banged up in the Seattle game. He tried to come back out and 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 played one play and was back out. Injuries is the reason I think Dalvin Cook may not be on your championship roster. Now, let's go into, if he is on your playoff roster, here's another reason. Tampa Bay, Chicago, New Orleans are his three matchups in the playoffs. Tough, tough run defenses. Chicago held him to one of his lowest scorings of the year. He's never really had a good good outing against Chicago. So that's why I don't see him. If If – if he can put it all together and stay healthy, yes, obviously he will be on a championship roster. But he's got a tough tough road to get you into the playoffs and get you through the playoffs, which is another reason when Dalvin Cook comes up, that name makes me gr- makes me cringe a little because of the division he normally plays in is a very tough defensive vision. I had him last year, and that was one of the reasons that it scared me going through the playoffs. Sure, absolutely. Uh, number two, Alvin Kamara. 
531 yards rushing, eight touchdowns on the ground, 640 uh, yard, 648 yards receiving, four touchdowns. Alvin Kamara will be on championship rosters because he's been one of the main focuses of the offense there in New Orleans. He's getting the receptions. He's he's basically a fringe wide receiver two, wide receiver three, and a fringe running back one, running back two, all in one player. Uh, week in and week out, he's getting it done through the air and through on the ground. He is a guy that you probably got in the later rounds of the first, uh, later picks in the first round. So you were able to pair him with a decent other player. Uh, New Orleans has uh, uh, some easier games to finish out the season. They have Kansas City week 15 and Minnesota week 16 in the championship week, both under under par uh, rushing defenses. Uh, Alvin Kamara is going to be on championship rosters for those reasons. Walker, tell me why he won't be. Taysom Hill. Because Taysom Hill's there. Taysom Hill did this week. He vultured some rushing rushing yards from him, rushing touchdowns from him. He did. He only targeted him once. Taysom Hill could be the reason that Kamara starts to slide back down. He's the number one PPR back right now. But where does he go with Taysom Hill as quarterback? You're not even right, sure. Right, right. I think it's also worth noting Alvin Kamara has been a guy in the past that has done the disappearing acts. He's done the uh, – Two years ago, he was one of the best running backs in football. Last year, he was woefully disappointing. And then this year, he's back to being a beast. Uh, hopefully, him and Taysom Hill get on the same page. Otherwise, he may cost people championship runs. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the last running back, James Robinson. <laughs> James Robinson, the local boy from right here in, in, in central Illinois, played his college days at ISU. 762 yards rushing, five touchdowns, 249 yards receiving, two touchdowns. James Robinson will be on championship rosters for the single fact that if you got James Robinson, you got him probably after week one of the season or maybe right before, well after drafts were done. So he is probably your number one running back on your team undrafted. And so you probably have great supporting cast around him. Um, He's a guy that you can't sit. He does have a little bit of a tougher playoff schedule, but he seemed to be matchup proof at this point. I mean, he's he, even against Pittsburgh, he did okay. Um, he he he's quarterback proof, obviously. Jake Luton, Garner Minshew, it doesn't matter. Uh, James Robinson is a guy that will be on championship rosters solely again because of the simple fact that he is the number four receiver in PPR formats, and you got him after drafts were over, which is a huge, huge steal. Why will he not be on the championship roster? Because he plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have nothing to play for, really. They're playing for, you know, the second, first or second overall pick right now. They uh, may may bring back his workload and see if he has see if they have anything else in the backup in the backup pool there. Um so James Robinson, yeah, he's number four. He's been outstanding almost all year. He's also been on a little decline here. He had 19 points in week nine, 17 in week 10, and 14 in week 11. And those were two of the nine and 10. He played Houston and Green Bay, one of the some of the worst rushing defenses. And then once again, week 15, right there, your semifinal round, he plays Baltimore, one of the best rushing defenses in the NFL. It, it's also worth noting that, that the decline in points in those games against Houston and Green Bay, they're also high-powered offenses on the other side of the ball. And if Jacksonville gets really, really far behind, James Robinson's probably going to be an added blocker in most situations rather than going out for passes. Absolutely. And it's also to note, the championship game with James Robinson will be versus Chicago. 
who once again we just went over with Dalvin Cook. They played Dalvin Cook very, very tough. They're going to play James Robinson very tough. Now, James Robinson, once again, he could also blow up in that game because that game could be close because both offenses are kind of trash. Yeah, no, they're not. (laughs) So moving right along into the wide receivers, um, reasons why they will or reasons why they won't be on championship rosters. Uh, Number one, I have Keenan Allen. 81 receptions, 835 yards receiving, six touchdowns. Why he will be on championship rosters. We just talked about Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert is another name that's going to be on championship rosters. He's putting up a fantastic year, especially from a rookie. Putting up fantastic numbers week in and week out. Seems to be matchup based. And he's feeding Keenan Allen the ball every single week. Keenan Allen is... is Justin Herbert's favorite target. He's found the end zone six times. So down around the goal line, he's getting looks. Uh, he Again, he's a, he's a target monster, which means in PPR formats, he's a monster. Um, he's going to be on championship rosters because, again, Justin Herbert's on championship rosters. His best wide receiver might as well be as well. Why, will he, why do you think he will be, Walker, or well, won't be? I, the only reason he won't be – on a championship roster is if you started off bad and you're not in the playoffs. I'm sorry. Keenan Allen, since their bye week, has seen less than 10 targets once. And that was against Miami, who has very tough corners. And, I mean, it, there's no reason that Keenan Allen shouldn't be on championship rosters. If you got him, you got to steal there because you probably got him late in drafts. There, unless you started off real bad and he was the only thing putting up points on your team and you probably aren't making the playoffs, he won't be – he, that's why he wouldn't be on a championship roster. His playoff schedule is a phenomenal. We already went over with Justin Herbert. Atlanta, Raider, Atlanta, the Raiders, and Denver. You can't ask for a better playoff schedule than that. I, Keenan Allen is going to be a championship winner for you. Yes, I, I agree. Uh, the next man up, I've got Stephon Diggs. 73 receptions, 906 yards, four touchdowns. Again, he definitely seems to be – Josh Allen's favorite target there in Buffalo. Uh, I've I had my doubts about him prior to the season. A lot st- of people did. I still had my doubts about him a couple weeks ago. I'm still not sure. I don't have doubts about him. But every week that you continue to doubt him, he continues to put up points. Uh, he, he's just he's been a guy who gets the yards after catch. Uh, he's got a young quarterback with a big arm. He's getting home run plays much like he did in. Uh, Minnesota, except for the difference between him and Minnesota and the difference er, in him here in Buffalo is he's the true number one in Buffalo. He doesn't have a Adam Thielen to compete with for targets now. And he's got a quarterback who's got a stronger arm than Kirk Cousins. That I, To me, that's why Stephon Diggs makes a championship. Why do you feel that he doesn't, Walker? Uh, because they are on the Bills, and Josh Allen has had uh, issues in his past with accuracy. But Stephon Diggs has been one of the biggest surprises in fantasy. You probably got him late. Um, once again, it, it, it's really hard to find why he wouldn't be on a championship roster or in a competing roster. The man's being so consistent. He's number five in PPR, number six in standard. He only has four touchdowns on the year. That's crazy to think about. But, I mean, Stephon Diggs has been phenomenal this year. Um, he's definitely, you know, a riser from where I didn't – I had my doubts with him in, in Buffalo – and, it, and a lot of it stemmed from uh, Allen. 
But uh, Stefan Diggs, there's, I mean, the only reason that you you don't see him in a championship uh, roster is once again if the accuracy issues come back and the tough defenses they have to face. Pittsburgh, Denver, New England. Denver's the middle of the road. You still got Pittsburgh and New England who have phenomenal corners to cover. So that that's that's the biggest reason why I don't see him on a lot of championship rosters is he'll get you to the playoffs. He's going to get you there. But getting you any further than that, it's going to be a tough, tough, bumpy road with him. Yeah, so the last name I want to bring up, and I'm going to – I kind of want to get through this one a little bit quick as well is because, again, we do have a huge slate of games this week, and I want to do something fun at the end of this that Walker has no idea that I've got in store for him. So the last man that I think is going to be on championship rosters uh, is DK Metcalf. 48 receptions, which is woefully low for somebody that that you would think – would be there, but he's got 862 yards and nine touchdowns. He's got one of the most, uh, if not the most, receiving touchdowns uh, of anybody in football at this point. Um, so DK Metcalf, the reason he will be, uh, got Russell Wilson throwing him the ball. Uh, he's got Tyler Lockett to help pull some of coverage off of him. You won't see DK double covered very often. Um, and Russell likes to, to make plays happen when, when everything falls apart. Russell's guys always seem to get open, and DK Metcalf's been uh, just fine in doing that game. Why will he not, Walker? Uh, inconsistency. It could play a part here. Uh, he matched up with Jalen Ramsey. He had a rough, rough sledding against him. He matched up against Patrick Peterson the first time. Had a rough sledding against him. Um, he's, but I mean, DK Metcalf is. I, where you draft a DK Metcalf, you probably draft him as your wide receiver too. Odds are. And he's putting up wide receiver one numbers. But once again, championship game is the biggest issue with that. They play the L.A. Rams. That's a tough matchup. Jalen Ramsey's tough. Now, Jalen Ramsey did cover him very well. I have nothing against Jalen Ramsey. Amazing corner he did. Uh, but it, Russell didn't look DK's way. It was almost like he was afraid to throw Jalen Ramsey's way. I don't see that happening again. D.K. Metcalf will get you to the promised land, but getting past Jalen Ramsey, not only is that something he needs to do as a player, but it's something that you have to have faith that your your player is going to get through. But D.K. Metcalf, and as a Seahawks fan, absolutely love him, and I think that D.K. Metcalf will win you some championships. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think D.K. I, – I really, I think everybody we've named here will be on – an extraordinary amount of championship rosters. If you're lucky enough to have two or three of the guys that we've named here, congratulations, you've probably won a championship already. Um, it's also possible that you're going to play uh, a guy that has has two or three as well. But it, it's going to be interesting to see how all that shakes out. Um, and without further ado, let's just get right into it. Let's get into the, to the big boy meal of the week. The Thanksgiving Feast. The Thanksgiving feast edition of the Big Boy Meal of the Week. We're going to get through this, Walker, and then I'm going to go back, and this is the, the thing that I hadn't told you about I want you to do. We're going to go back down through and break down the Thanksgiving games a little closer this week at the end, and your and I are both going to go out and name a player on those teams that gets the turkey leg at the end of the game for the best okay. player in the game. Okay. All right, so, Walker, I'm going to let you start us off. What is your... My appetizer, my rolls, is the Houston-Detroit game there in, in, on Thanksgiving Day. This Houston-Detroit game, both defenses are, are, aren't there. There is no defense on really either team. Now, Houston has one good corner that's going to probably – I don't know who they're going to cover because Kenny Galladay can't get healthy at all. 
But that Houston-Detroit game, it's going to be a high-scoring affair. It's going to be a fun game to watch. It's going to be a great game to watch while your turkey's in the oven cooking it up. The ham's on the smoker. Get your games on. Houston's got the morning game against Detroit at Detroit. No weather issues. Let's go. Going to be a phenomenal game to kick off Turkey Day. Yeah, let's make sure we're not confused. We're not watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. We got Houston-Detroit on tap. But I want to see the big turkey and Santa Claus at the end. Yeah, no, the big turkey in these games will be much more enjoyable. My appetizer, (laughs) my meat and cheese tray of this week is... Baltimore versus Pittsburgh, a nasty bruiser of a game between the only undefeated team left in football and the Baltimore Ravens, who are woefully underperforming this this year. Is Baltimore the team that finally knocks Pittsburgh off on Thanksgiving Day? You've got Ben Roethlisberger. You've got Lamar Jackson. You've got well, whoever, Gus Edwards at running back, James Conner. There's a host of names in this game. It's going to make for some fireworks to end your Thanksgiving day. It's going to be a great game to watch. I'm going to throw it out there. Baltimore will not knock them off in Pittsburgh on Thanksgiving. I I would think you'd probably be right, but it's going to be a game worth watching because there's that possibility. Now, my meal, my ham, my smoked ham, my oven-baked turkey is the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Philadelphia. You got your Tyler Lockett, your DK Metcalf feasting on that secondary there in Philly. You got... Uh, Fulgham there. You got Alshon Jeffries coming back. Uh, Rager. Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager. Regler. Uh, over there. Seattle's been beatable with their secondary. And as a Seahawks fan, I'm hoping that my secondary comes back there in Seattle. So, but you got all those players. Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is a must start in that game. There's no way you can even contemplate it. He's going to get the work. Carson Wentz, bench him. Bench Carson Wentz. Drop him. Don't, drop him. Don't rush drop him Carson so the Burrow owner can go get him. <laughs> drop Carson Wentz. No, um, That's a great week. That's it, a great game to end your Thanksgiving weekend on. If you're not salivating already uh, with the talk of all these tasty matchups and the, the juicy individual players that we have going on this, maybe you will be after I talk about my turkey, my ham, my deviled eggs, my oh, mashed potatoes eggs. and gravy. Kansas City Chiefs versus Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How is that not the Sunday night game? It it should be the game of the week. You've got Patrick Mahomes. You've got Tyreek Hill. You've got Travis Kelsey. You've got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You've got Andy Reid. You know that man loves to eat. He's an inner fat boy. You've got T- Tom Brady. You've got Ronald Jones, Leonard Fournette, Rob Gronkowski, Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans. I'm running out of air just naming all the players that are going to be featured in this game. And I haven't even talked about either side's defense, which they both have good defenses this year. This game is going to be a slugfest. It's going to have huge playoff implications on the line for both teams. It is a big game. It's a must win for both teams. It's interesting. It is the last or the third, a three o'clock game, probably the game of the week that will be featured at three o'clock on Sunday. Now, another thing with that game, I want to throw it out there before I get into my dessert is that Tom Brady's going to be looking to bounce back after a rough outing this last week, two interceptions against that Rams defense. It now is, It is worth noting, uh, Walker, I don't know if you knew this, but out of all quarterbacks who have taken a snap this year and thrown the ball more than 20 yards, Tom Brady has the lowest completion percentage out of all of them. Wow. Father time appears to be catching up. Is that Cliff to coming Brady. to an end? It could be. Now, 
my pecan pie, my favorite time on Thanksgiving. My pecan pie game is the Los Angeles Chargers against them Buffalo Bills. Both defenses are questionable. Buffalo has had their spurts of outstandingness. The Chargers have a good line, but their secondary is not there. That's going to be fire up your Stephon Diggs. Fire up your Cole Beasley's. Fire up your John Brown. Stay away from them running backs there in Buffalo because you don't know who's going to do what. But then you go over to the Chargers. Fire up your Herbert. Watch 15-plus targets to old Keenan Allen. Watch Mike Williams or, or Guyton catch a long bomb. That's going to be a fun game to watch. And uh, running back-wise, who running back are you starting? I'm going to pass this over to you. What running back for the Chargers are you starting? If Eckler comes back. If he comes back and logs any meaningful time in practice this week and they announce that he's going to play Sunday, you have to start Austin Eckler. You drafted him for a reason. You've held on to him this long for a reason. You traded for him when he got hurt for this reason. Again, it is playoff push time. It's not time to get cute with your roster. Kalen Bellage, Joshua Kelly, bye-bye. As long as Austin Eckler plays – You have to find a way to get him into your lineup because of the simple fact that Austin Eckler has the possibility of being a top five running back every week when he's healthy, catching passes out of the backfield, and running the ball. Not up for debate. If he doesn't log any time in practice and they announce that he's going to suit up for the game, I would then be very leery of him. You don't know how he's going to come out. He looked great in the video. He posted himself running, saying he was ready to come back. Uh, but it, without logging any meaningful time in, in playoffs, or uh, practice rather, you don't know if you can take a gamble on him. Now, Walker talked about his pecan pie. You've got to be outside of your mind to want pecan pie on Thanksgiving. It is all about the pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie, pumpkin pie pumpkin pie. My pumpkin pie game of the week is the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Atlanta Falcons. I know the Falcons have been terrible one week, great the next. Well, they were terrible this week. They should be a lot better this week. If Julio plays, he's a must start. If Calvin Ridley plays, he's a must start. Todd Gurley's been great. Matt Ryan's been great some weeks, terrible the others. Derek Carr's been great this year. Darren Waller's been great this year. Henry Ruggs has that big play possibility. There's not really a corner in Atlanta that has any experience, really. I think all of our corners that we play consistently are either in their second year or their first year. So Ruggs is definitely a playable guy. Nelson Aguilar is definitely a playable guy. You absolutely have to start uh, Josh Jacobs this week uh, against the uh, Atlanta Falcons. It's the pumpkin pie with a big old dollop of Cool Whip right on top of it. It's going to be another explosive game. Uh, not much defense really on either side of the ball. There's going to be a lot going on here. Now, before we jump into it, there's a couple other games that I want to dissect just briefly here. The first one is the Tennessee Titans versus the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have burst onto the seam offensively since their bye week. Naeem Hines looks great. Jonathan Taylor looks great at times. Michael Pittman looks good. T.Y. Hilton's getting involved. Mo Ali Cox. Phillip Rivers is having a second-half resurgence, which we called on this show a few weeks back. They look good. Tennessee just traded for Desmond King to sure up their defense. Derrick Henry is starting to find his groove against 
Will he find it against the tough defense led by Darius Leonard? That's why what I want to know your thoughts on this game, Walker. What do you think what do you think happens in this game? Is there really both defenses are good. Is there anybody you have to start that week? Well, you have to start Derrick Henry. Um, absolutely. Um, he's in the dome, so he doesn't get that advantage of running into people when it's cold out. Um, Derrick Henry's a must start. I think you see A.J. Brown, if he plays, he'll find his footing. Um, he's definitely going to have to uh, because Indy's like you just hit the nail on the head. Indy's offense – Phillip Rivers looks like he's going back in age with this year, which you called that he could be a second-half sleeper. And uh, Phillip Rivers has really looked out and, and, and been tossing that ball nice. He got Michael Pittman back, and it looks like a whole new offense when you added this guy in. They drafted Pittman to be the number one, and they, he's showing that he's the number one. Now, if here's the thing. You still got T.Y. Hilton there, so if that number one corner slides over to cover Pittman, T.Y. Hilton's there too. Absolutely. I, I think I think you you fire up your studs in that game. You're Derrick Henry's. I would avoid the backfield of Indy though because they are they're they're sticking by what they said. Hot hand. You had Naeem Hines two weeks ago went ballistic. They said he's going to get the majority of the touches this past week. Who got the majority of the touches? Taylor did, and Taylor looked good. Uh, Wilkins is still there. Wilkins had one burst out week, so you really don't know who to start if you have to. You got to start whichever one you have to. I'd probably avoid Wilkins at all costs. But uh, yeah, I think you start your studs in that game. I think that game has a good shot of turning into a, a, a fun type of shootout game there. Absolutely. The, the last one I want to cover uh, before we get into who's going to get the turkey legs this week Arizona versus New England. Cam Newton, Kyler Murray, Stephon Gilmore, DeAndre Hopkins, the Jacoby Myers, Demir Bird that we talked about, Patrick Peterson, Buda Baker. Uh, what do you make of this game? I think you're going to see uh, a lot of passing in this game. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of shorter passes. Gilmore's missed, uh, has been missing a step, it seems. So uh, Hopkins should should get back on track after a rough game this last week. Um, but, yeah, definitely um, – what you want to do is if you if you got Jacoby Myers and Bird, you want to see who the experts and people are projecting. I think that Gilmore will or um, Patrick Peterson. Peterson. Sorry, wrong side of the ball. I think Peterson's going to end up covering Bird because Bird has the speed to beat him, and Patrick Peterson does have the speed to keep up. So I think really, I think Jacoby might be the better play this week. And they're going to new Cam Newton. You're going to have to throw the ball to keep up with that team. Uh, fire them up. I think you're going to see uh, more catches out of Drake. They seem to be wanting to get him involved in some of the passing game. We saw that last week. Um, I like Kenyon Drake going forward. So definitely fire those two, fire that those two teams up. Who has the most rushing touchdowns in that game? Harris. Damian Harris Damian there. Harris. I like him. More you, so than Kyler Murray or Cam Newton. Yes, I think okay. I think you might see Harris hit that end zone twice. I think they're trying to get away from the whole Cam Newton sneaking it in. Um and they got they got they got Harris. He's a good running back. Um Rex Birdhead's done for the year. Um and I you honestly, and I'm gonna throw this little curveball out. I wouldn't be surprised to see James White lead the entire game in receiving yards. That wouldn't shock me either. Uh, wh- All right. That's enough of the uh, of the Sunday games. Let's talk about the Thursday games. What we're going to be watching while we're shoving food down our gullets. We talked about two of the three games for our uh, appetizers of the week, if you will. Houston versus Detroit. 
What team wins and who gets the turkey leg and why? I'm going to take Houston to win. I'm going to take Houston to win by seven or more probably. I think Houston's offense has shown that they're out. And uh, for the turkey leg, my turkey leg, minus me getting it, obviously, I think the turkey leg of that game is Will Fuller this week. Interesting, interesting. I'm going to go on the opposite side of the ball. I'm going to do that in every game we we talk about on Thanksgiving Day. I think Detroit's going to win, and I think the the recipient of it is a two-way tie between Matthew Stafford and DeAndre Swift. If Swift clears concussion protocol and is able to play it as a short week, I think Matthew Stafford is going to find a way to keep that team in the game. He's a gunslinger. He's he's not new to playing on Thanksgiving Day. He's done it how many times in his career? He's going to find a way without Galladay, without Amendola, to get this team over the hump. Like you said earlier, not a lot of defenses on either side of the ball. This could be a game that really sets the tone for the entire week, let alone the entire Thanksgiving Day with a, with a scoreboard light up. I want to throw something out there before we move on to the next game. This game right here is the highest over-under of your Thanksgiving Day games. Um, so your daily fantasy lineups, I would be looking to get these receivers and, the, and these these quarterbacks into your lineups if you're doing the Thanksgiving absolutely. Day lineup. Duke Johnson, another name that could have a, a huge role this week. Absolutely, absolutely he could. All right, so the middle of the three games is uh, the Washington football team versus the Dallas Cowgirls. NFC least matchup. Yeah, NFC least matchup, Dallas Cowgirls. I make sure I get that out there. Who do you think wins the, the game? And who do you think is the turkey leg recipient? Well, here's here's my here's my little issue here, and I'm going to have to do it to you. And you're more than welcome to punch me in the face on this one. I think Dallas wins the game. I think the turkey leg goes to Alex Smith, though. And I love his story, and I think he keeps it competitive. Um, now he may not actually get the turkey leg on TV, um, but I think I think Alex Smith has one of the best games. Uh, this in that in that game, I think he's one of the best players to watch. I I uh, I definitely agree. I would have uh, was hoping you were going to take Dallas and say Zeke was going to get it because I wanted to say Washington would get it. And Alex Smith for the same reasons you just did. The amazing story. He's looked more than capable since he's been back. Uh, but I will stay with Washington. I think Washington wins the game. I think there's going to be a, a ton of pressure on Andy Dalton. Uh, and and that, that defense is good enough that Andy Dalton's going to have to get the ball out of his hands real quick to have a chance. I think, though, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Antonio Gibson gets the turkey leg. He's been fine as a nose for the end zone. He's found it a couple of times the last several weeks. Uh, I think Antonio Gibson is the difference maker in this game. Dallas has a terrible defense. And I think Terry McLaurin, J.D. McKissick, and Antonio Gibson all have huge days. But Antonio Gibson's the one who's taking a bite of that turkey leg when it's all said and done. Okay, okay. It, it is also worth noting that I do believe Thanksgiving is the first day that the uh, Salvation Army pots will be in the in the stadium, and this is at Dallas. We all know what Zeke does when those when those pots are out. <laughs> could so. we could we see Dak pop out of it? Maybe, <laughs> maybe, but I, I would say that's rather unlikely. I'm sure everybody who owns any piece of Dallas fantasy is wishing that Dak would jump out of one of those Salvation Army buckets. Another name I want to throw out that I think could have a huge day. C.D. Lamb. Absolutely. I think that the corners are going to have to pay attention to your Gallops and your Cooper. I think C.D. Lamb could be one of the best receivers in this game, not named Scary Terry. 
I completely agree. Again, the last game of, of Thursday, we've talked about this game uh, once already with the value menu or the big boy meal of the week. Baltimore Ravens versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the the 10-0 or the 9-0 Steelers? 10-0. 10-0 Steelers versus the Baltimore Ravens. Who wins the game and who's your turkey leg? Well, I'm going to put the pressure on you because I'm obviously going to take that undefeated team. I'm going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is one game I look forward to. And me as me personally, I love to watch a dirty, nasty defense get at the ball. And I, I love to watch it. Um, I was a defensive player growing up. Always loved watching the defensive players. I think Pittsburgh wins the game. Now, I'm going to go with an offense and a defensive turkey leg here because normally on your Sunday, on your Thursday Thanksgiving night, you see two turkey legs. Now, your offensive turkey leg, Juju Smith-Schuster is going to get that turkey leg. He's going to come out. He's going to ball out. Your defensive one is no other than T.J. Watt, obviously. He's going to come out, and he's going to put that pressure on Lamar Jackson. He's going to force him to get rid of that ball. So Absolutely. pressure's on to you. Yeah. I mean, so again, this game is the the late game on Thursday. Uh, this game's getting ready, going to be kicking off after you've had your second and third meals of the day. Whatever many Thanksgivings you have to run to, this is when the uh, the sleeping on the couch, napping all day starts to wear off. You're hungry again, so you go heat up all the leftovers, the wonderful, wonderful leftovers you have in your fridge. And you sit down to watch this game. With your turkey sandwich. With your turkey, yes. Turkey sandwiches at this point. Uh, I, I think Baltimore has a good chance to beat Pittsburgh. It's a divisional rivalry. They play each other tough. Pittsburgh has looked weak against some teams. They've played great against others. They really haven't beaten anybody great if you go back and look at their games. They had a close game against Minnesota. They had a close game against Dallas, who they shouldn't have. Close game against Baltimore. Yes. So I'm going to say... Baltimore wins the game. And as much as it pains me to say this, I think Lamar Jackson's the one who gets the turkey leg. He's going to he's gonna find more Mark Andrews. He's going to do it on the ground. Uh, Gus Edwards is going to help take some of that pressure off of him. But Pittsburgh's defense is great against the run. Lamar Jackson's going to come out and say you're not great against a dual-threat quarterback. He's going to find a way to get this game won for Baltimore. He's going to put a first L in the, in the, in the loss column for Pittsburgh, and he's going to put Baltimore back into the conversation of Super Bowl contending teams. Okay, okay. That's going to be rough. That's going to be rough. One thing, I want to, one thing I want to say uh, to, to all of you who do listen, um, we are going to be doing a giveaway on the podcast at some point in the near future. We are looking for ideas as far as what to do for a giveaway. We're going to uh, possibly give away uh, autographed merchandise, or some kind of a, a Visa gift card or something similar to that. So shoot us ideas on the Facebook page. Let us know what you'd be interested in seeing raffled off. Absolutely. And, and as always, stay hungry. And stay fat, my friends. <laughs>